There are legends round here, even if only in their own minds. Forgotten, but not dead. Some have tried to stop them, but they keep coming back. Coming to entertain you. They are the Crystal Lake Soldiers. Welcome back to the Crystal Lake Soldiers podcast. My name is Isaiah. This is episode 17. Uh, tonight I am joined by Sean. What's going on? Not a whole lot's going on, that's for sure. <laughs> How about you? Uh, hanging out, man. Trying to make it through this crazy Thanksgiving week. Yeah, same here. I'm going to be glad when it's over with. I'm just kind of at that point where it's like i just want to get winter over with <laughs> it hasn't even really started yet and i'm already ready for it to be over with yeah as long as mine doesn't end up with um fake cranberry sauce i'll be all right <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah that that's that gelled stuff is fucking gross <laughs> that's like i like cranberry sauce but I can't do that gel crap. Yeah, I don't that, like that crap either. It's got to be like, like homemade. The one with the crust under with the real ones. That's what yep. I want. Yeah. That and sweet potatoes. I love sweet potatoes. Yeah. Especially if you I get love every, all the sides, man. I'm a side person for Thanksgiving anyway. So. That's, that's for sure. Even <laughs> when I was eating meat, I didn't like turkey. <laughs> and so. Yeah, I was not a big on it. Just some side piece. <laughs> yeah. <up> plate. <laughs> I did get something new to try for this year, though, because, like, in the past, me and my wife would get, like, uh, from Whole Foods, they have, like, their vegan Thanksgiving meals, which are always gross. Yeah. I've never liked any of those, like, fake turkeys or whatever yeah, that they give you. Tofurkey's got that big ass one they sell that's yep. expensive that isn't all that great tasting. Right. I'm not so, and stuff. Yeah, no, definitely. Because instead of doing it that way this year and spending a shit ton of money for something that we won't even end up eating, uh, Gardein actually came out with this uh, Nashville hot uh, chicken tenders. So we're going to do that instead. And we're going to bring that for Thanksgiving and just have chicken tenders, (laughs) basically, and then do that. Because those fucking things are good. Like if you get like a good like Buffalo Ranch dipping sauce with, yeah. to go with those oh it's so good so incredibly yeah. good that's usually some of the best stuff the fake chicken stuff yeah especially if you if you get it like if you do it in the uh air fryer or if you fry it up yeah then it's all crispy and stuff no, too sorry. yeah microwave never the route for sure oh god no <laughs> not with that no need something to make it crispy oven yeah. or fry like you said that is for sure so that's exciting i'm i'm looking forward to having that i, I love those things it, i i don't typically eat them as much but every once in a while i i like popping those suckers in and having those those are yeah. pretty dang good yeah i'll be cooking a turkey for everybody else but i make so many sides it won't matter so mac right. and cheese and stuffing and endless <laughs> amounts of food Right. 
Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be good. I'm, I'm looking forward to the sides, definitely, because I'm definitely more of a side person as well. Especially when you get, like, the other things. Because, like, even, like, growing up, because, like I was saying, uh, I never really was big into turkey, but I would always have, like, the mashed potatoes, the stuffing, uh, the rolls, um, and then I would get, like... (laughs) I liked those when I was a kid. (laughs) Funny funny enough, we've never, we never really had deviled eggs growing up, Uh so I never really got experience to that until I was actually, actually an adult. But those are pretty good, too. Um, I don't think I've ever seen them for Thanksgiving, though, at least on our side of things, anywhere I've gone, but pie, though, pumpkin pie is always good. I love pumpkin pie. Uh, Yeah, we always have a bunch of pies here. Dutch apple and pumpkin and cherry. I can't get my coconut custard one this year. Like, I either got to make it myself or do with that. Okay. I feel like I'm getting fatter just talking about this. Yeah. (laughs) Let's turn to the food chip. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, revamp the podcast. (laughs) Welcome to the Fat Vegan Hour. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good stuff. But it is the holidays. Uh, With Thanksgiving coming up this week, we decided this week we're going to talk about um, some uh, a topic we're actually going to be reviewing two movies tonight and uh, they're I would say they're more Thanksgiving movies I like watching them around this time um, they deal with consumerism because obviously Black Friday is right after Thanksgiving so it's the perfect time so we're going to be reviewing both the original Dawn of the Dead and uh, 1986's Chopping Mall I can't wait I think one deals more with the how obsessive people are, and the other one shows how they should all be treated. <laughs> yep. I agree 100%. Uh, so it's going to be good. This is going to be fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to this because uh, it's been a while since we've done a review. Because we have done we did the one review for Three From Hell, and I, I definitely want to start doing more reviews. So yeah, I was ready. I think this we will be good. We do Vengeance or whatever it was, and we never did. Yeah, we still need to do that. <laughs> and if you're unfamiliar, we're, we're talking about the Friday the 13th fan film Vengeance that came out about a month or two ago. Um, so expect, hopefully, a review on that here coming up, maybe shortly. I mean, with the Christmas season coming up, uh, I think we're going to be heavily focused Christmas-wise for that season. But I would say, you know, we'll yeah, have something up maybe we coming up here for that. So. Yeah, <laughs> something. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. But before we get into the review of the movies, we do have a couple pieces of news and information for things that are coming up. So to kind of kick things off, we still don't have any new information or news regarding Halloween Kills, so that'll be on standby until we start getting more information from them on that. But we did touch on that SpectreVision was looking at possibly wanting to do another or do the next Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Well, this week, Wes Craven's estate has um, put out that they are actually starting to take pitches for a new Nightmare on Elm Street movie, both possible movies and a possible HBO Max series. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I mean, I'm not big on continuing all these um, franchises on, but it's it's Nightmare on Elm Street, so 
course, is exciting. Yeah. <clears throat> I think the TV series, actually, I'm intrigued by what they would even do with that. So. I mean, you as long as they go... can get Robert, man. If they can get Robert for a movie, I'm 100% all in. Definitely. <laughs> even even if they made it, uh, turned it into a way where they had Robert start, because I know this was like an idea that was going around that they could do it, where Robert starts out as Freddy, like a weaker Freddy, mm-hmm. and then you could transition it into a new actor doing it when he gets revitalized, you know, after yeah. the killing starts. So it could be almost like a way of passing the torch. So I think that could be an interesting way that they could go about doing it if yeah, they did sure. it right. Um, but there, yeah, there's so many possibilities with this, even with the the series. Because I mean, you could go yeah, the whole Freddy's could, Nightmare route. That's what I was thinking. That would be awesome if they did something like that. Because as weird as that show got at times, it was pretty cool. So I agree. Uh, yeah, and not only when they explored the only handful of episodes that explored Freddy's backstory, like. They had some yep. pretty good stories in there, so definitely it gives a platform for you know these up and coming horror people to work on. Like, exactly, you need more stuff like that for people to work on. Figure out the exactly. And yeah, and um, it, so. <laughs> right. And then the other part of this, and this um, wasn't a part of the original uh, news that got announced for this, but Mike Flanagan, the man behind. This year's Doctor Sleep. He also did Hush for Netflix, Gerald's Game, and The Haunting of Hill House. He has thrown his hat into the the running for that, saying that he would love a chance to be able to take the reins and produce the next Nightmare on Elm Street. So that could be interesting because, honestly, with Mike Flanagan, everything that he's done has been pretty stellar when it comes to the horror genre. Yeah, I've liked his stuff. I don't know. I mean... We'd have to see it, you know. I like his stuff a lot, but it's been more, you know, kind of a different than what Freddy movies are. But who's to say he couldn't do it? That doesn't mean he couldn't do it and have right. If he's really passionate and wants to do, who knows what he's got up his sleeve? So yeah, I mean, it's it's somebody new, it's somebody fresh, you know. Yeah, he could probably bring. And a they did good that when they were originally doing them. You know, after part one, man, they were always going with kind of a new, fresh guy. That's you know, yeah. So. And I think that was a good thing, like, up until Freddy's Dead, maybe. So. I agree. <laughs> yeah, Freddy's, Freddy's Dead, I love Freddy's Dead because it's a part of the Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. series. I like the backstory but stuff. It was a, it was a train wreck. <laughs> it was a straight-up train wreck. It's a freaking Looney Tune show, that's for sure. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I, I, for what it was, with how goofy it was that's kind of what made that movie was how goofy it got. Because if it wasn't goofy, I don't think it would have, I don't think it would have hit the mark. Yeah. You know, and you know, there's going to always be people that hate this movie. Just like I hate fucking Jason goes to hell. I will never like Jason goes to hell, (laughs) but you know, it is, it is what it is. It's different strokes for different folks. This, I, I, I just, I like Freddy's dead for what it was, even though, it was a horseshit train wreck. Yeah, and that's that's yeah, all. It's I can my really least say. favorite of this series, but I still always watch it. Like I don't hate on it. Right. I watch it before the remake or whatever it was. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> that I won't watch. Like, so. 
Yeah, I think sometimes I'm just too hard on Jason Goes to Hell, but at the same time, every time I try to, try to watch it... That one, when it first was released, I, I hated it and with a passion, man. I refused to watch it for many years. And then I started throwing it into the rotation of marathons. and stuff. It's not so much the story itself as it is some of the kills and some of the atmosphere. And it is like... Right. I don't know. There's things I like about it, but there's things I hate about it. You know, the whole body snatcher and... Uh, that was ridiculous yeah. and stupid. They went so far away from the series, and I feel like it was done on purpose to try to smear it and change it. And so, oh, I agree. It's it's just I one of those. Well. Yeah, it's just one of those things with this with that movie that I'll start watching it. I'll get like a half an hour into it, you know, after that first scene and kind of into after the corners ate in the heart and everything i'm just like i can't do this this movie's so fucking terrible i just have to turn it off because I, I just can't do it like it's one thing to be silly because that movie was silly but it like took itself seriously yeah. you know whereas you have like jason x i absolutely love jason x because it yeah. embraced that silliness and just like went completely overboard it was just kind of like where they were trying to go in between of an actual like serious Friday the 13th movie and in, in between like a cartoon and it just didn't, I don't know. It just didn't seem like it sat well with how they did it, but that's just my opinion. It kind of killed the franchise too. So, Oh, definitely. But it's never been the same since. (laughs) Right. So that's interesting to hear about this news that now Wes Craven's estate is really wanting to move forward on this. It's, it just means that we're that much closer to something Freddy wise coming, which I'm always for, like I've been saying nightmare on Elm streets, what got me into horror movies in general. So anytime I can get more Freddy content, I'm all for it. 100%. (laughs) But moving on from there, a um, little bit of a sad news from this past week. Uh, Michael J. Pollard, who is a character actor who's been working, who had been working for like 60 years in the business, uh, passed away. Yeah. Now, this is notable because um, he was a part of a House of a Thousand Corpses. He was in Sleepaway Camp 3 and a shit ton of other movies and TV shows. Throughout yeah, over a hundred. I think he's done over a hundred roles, man. Like... I can't even like when I was looking through his list, he was in so many things that I didn't even realize he was in. He's just, yeah, he's one of them faces you feel like you know them because you've seen them so much. Oh yeah, I think Definitely. one of my favorites was when he was in Scrooged. Like that was a good role, and that's actually <laughs> yep. how I found out about his passing was someone posting that picture and um, Bill Murray's rant about why didn't you go to Claire? She could have helped you. So it was a sad way to post <laughs> no. it, but you know it was a sad moment. So yeah. Yeah, it's, even it did Toxic Crusaders, man. I can say that. So. <laughs> yeah. I love that show as a kid. I remember that show from when I was a kid. Oh, my yeah. God. It was great. <laughs> Toxie was great for all us kids, even though, like, we probably shouldn't have known about him yet. <laughs> probably not. But, I mean, But Toxic I saw Crusaders him on, like, edited TV. Like, it yeah. was a while before I saw Trauma unedited. And I still oh, yeah. loved it. But. <laughs> Same. I absolutely love trauma. <laughs> so um, 
that's sad that he passed. I mean, he he had a good career though, ran a pretty good yeah, life man. too. Like who couldn't ask to? You're an actor and you want to work, you know. <laughs> he was doing it, so he definitely was. And some he like decent stuff, man. Like, you know. Oh yeah, not just a chump. So. Yeah, like Bonnie and Clyde, and his, I think it was yeah, Bonnie and Clyde. Man. Yeah, yeah, it was in Bonnie and Clyde. Plenty Dick of Tracy, work and so many stuff. Man. Yeah, lots of TV shows. We'll definitely. Yeah, rest in peace. It's sad, but it is what it is. Now, moving from there into some more happy news. Um, Shout TV on Black Friday is doing a 24-hour marathon of Choppy Mall, the movie yeah, that we're going to be reviewing great. later on. <laughs> I was like, they knew it too, man. They knew. So, <laughs> that's awesome, man. I'll probably squeeze it in <laughs> at some point that day. Oh, yeah. Even though I have the disc, why not? Who cares? You can just they pop that sucker yeah. on the TV and just let it run yeah. in the background. Choppy Mall. A new tradition, maybe, huh? Hey, not just a Christmas why not? story. Have chopping them off Black Friday. Because there's so many movies you could do on Thanksgiving, <laughs> but this is just great. Yeah, you know, you could go the Joe Bob route where you do like Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> and Hills Have Eyes and that kind of stuff, and then you have this on you know for Black Friday and stuff, which is great, ingenious. Yeah. See, great great minds think alike. Yeah, there you go. Man. Us and Shout TV. <laughs> uh, so that that's going to be cool. I, I, I was excited when I heard about that, because I, I actually didn't even hear about that before thinking of for this week's topic. Um, I didn't even know that that was happening, which is yeah, awesome. Yeah, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, we got to have that. That's good stuff. So that's coming Black Friday. It's a 24-hour marathon, so check it out if you haven't checked it out. It'll be on Shout TV, um, so that's through Shout Factory if you are unfamiliar. Definitely, definitely check this out if you haven't. It's yeah. it's a short movie, too. It's it's not like it's an overly long movie. It's only 77 yeah. minutes long, so. It's a hard Jim Wynorski classic. Yep, definitely. So moving on from there... We got a new documentary coming out for Tom Savini called Smoke and Mirrors. This is being released exclusively on Shudder, and that's coming out on December 16th of this year. Yeah, I think it's awesome, man. There's so many like people in the genre getting a spotlight put on them. It's like Tom Savini is just, you know, another great one to look at. Yep. Like, as far yeah, as I'm concerned, like, Corman. we would have not had, like, it wasn't for Savini, effects in the movies we love and how we look at those effects wouldn't even be the same. Like, he's yeah. the, I think he's the, you know, like you can give him almost, you know, 90% of the credit. Some other, you know, well, not 90%. Rick Baker did a lot too, man. But oh, yeah, definitely. When it comes to like the violent side of things, Savini was the master. So Rick Baker was the artist, you know, where Savini yep. was like the violent magician (laughs) (laughs) it's true it's really true and it's definitely well overdue you know for him to finally get a documentary like this so that's going to be cool check that out like i said december 16th um on shutter and that's right after the whole joe bob marathon so remember that's coming up too on uh december 13th 
because you don't want to go see the new Black Christmas movie. You're gonna want to watch Joe <laughs> Bob that sure. that night. So that's my yeah, mini I rant for the ball, Black Christmas. Isn't that a blue mouse? <laughs> That, that is Blumhouse. Yeah, yep. Fumbled. I think they fumbled the ball. On that one. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. I really do. Well, that's a whole other discussion. Already, so. yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I don't need to go on another rant this week about that. So, <laughs> so kind of moving on from there, we actually have some Universal Monster news this week, which is great because we talked, you know, about the Invisible Man that's coming out here shortly. And they're actually kind of getting the ball rolling on a couple other movies. Now, this one that came up first is one that you did, wouldn't really expect. So, it's based off of Dracula's henchman, Reinfeld. He's actually getting his own movie, and it's being directed by the director of Rocketman, uh, Dexter Fletcher. Yeah, that surprised me, but I'm, I'm pretty intrigued because in the... <laughs> In Dracula, I love Rob Field's characters. So. Yeah. Like that scene when they open the boat and he's sitting there. <laughs> I can't help but bust out laughing, but I love that freaking scene. So, uh, Yeah, it's but great. I don't know. Since the um, Invisible Man trailer, man, I'm excited to see what they're yeah. going to do. Like, I was really they... hating, hating the Universal Monster stuff, but maybe oh, they're... Yeah. And with the next piece of news we're about to talk about, it seems like maybe they're rethinking at it and going about it in a much better way. I hope now. so. I hope to God so. I hope yeah. they're going the route that they are going with the Invisible Man with these ones. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole Reinfeld one could be interesting, you know, just seeing kind of things from his perspective if they're yeah, going that definitely. route. And so the second piece of news regarding Universal Monsters, which has got me really, really intrigued... Because I think it could go really good if this is end up being true. So, this is kind of more of a rumor. This isn't news, really. But um, it's being said that James Wan is possibly in talks of producing the next Frankenstein movie. Yeah. From what I understand, like Variety had it on their website and then took it down like, right. <laughs> pretty fast. But So... Yeah, that would be cool, man. I like everything he's done so far. So, Frankenstein is one of my favorites. So, I think yeah. he could do a good job. Frankenstein. I needs think it's a overdue. Good, yeah, Frankenstein needs something good done with him, man. Like, there's not a lot of great Frankenstein stuff out there. So. No, not definitely not recently. I mean, you had that horrible Eye Frankenstein with Aaron Eckhart. That yeah. was nothing but a fucking action movie. <laughs> Then you had that Victor Frankenstein with uh, fucking Harry Potter. Yeah, I never saw that one. So. Yeah, it's 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 been a I'm long time too, since man, a good one. Reinfeld might be a way for them to kind of because I know they want to do a whole universe angle. That might be yep a way for them to tie things in with that movie and why it's being released before, say, a Dracula movie. Right. Just a thought. So. Yeah, <laughs> so it it could be interesting. It, it we'll see what end up, ends up happening ultimately. But some interesting news and tidbits coming out for that though. That's that's for dang sure. Um, kind of moving on from there though. Also, um, the Dark Crystal puppet team is actually working on a new creature feature called Creatures. It's going to be all practical effects. 
and yeah. it's going to be. I don't know throwback. much about it, but like I've read that they're going to go the old school practical effects, and being that's the puppet team, you know, immediately made me think of Pumpkinhead and some of the stuff like that. So I'm excited. Yep. I have no clue what it's about, but I'm already excited. And they're great puppeteers. So <laughs> right. Well, I I pulled up the uh, I found the article for it. And uh, so with this, they're shooting for a Christmas 2020 release on this. Okay. And then um, it's coming from the director of Cute Little Buggers. And basically the uh, synopsis is reading, a group of astronomy students get more than they bargained for after finding an injured alien who's being targeted by a group of bloodthirsty alien creatures. So not a whole lot of information. Yeah. I'm all in. Let's see them alien puppets. <laughs> exactly. So digital cool, stuff. but you know it's I don't care how well they do the digital, man. I can't remember who I heard say this, but I agree with there's something in your brain that just knows it's not real. And that's what <laughs> when you get the puppets and the more practical effects, you know what I mean? I just think sometimes it gives it a more real feel. And it's more scary, yeah so. i think i think it with digital for me it it gets like too polished if that makes sense yeah like like i love the new godzilla movies they're awesome but they have a different feel because of the digital you know what i mean like as awesome right. and amazing as they are there's still something inside you saying this isn't real <laughs> right exactly <clears throat> so this is cool that they're kind of a lot of these like older styles and things are coming back into play here. Yeah, Obviously, you know, the whole nightmare on Elm street thing and all these practical effects and universal monsters. It's like what's old is becoming new again. And which is great. I mean, I think it's great. And then, it's time. Sometimes you need to go back to the, to what started it. Otherwise we wouldn't be here in the first place. Yeah. And if someone who wants to try to make, you know, films and things it gives me more hope and some of my ideas too so oh definitely it it definitely gets you those creative juices going that's for yeah. sure and so it, it'll be exciting to see you know who else follows suit with that you know because i'm hoping this is going to be a start of people going back to digital or not to digital sorry to practical yeah. from digital you know because I think it's needed, especially nowadays, because everybody yeah. relies so heavily on digital yeah. effects it's, now. You know, not to knock the hard work that does go into some of the digital, but I think because of the creativity behind the practical, sometimes is why they've gone away from it. They're both creative, yeah. but it's different kinds of creativity, you know what I mean? And some people yeah, have strengths in one or the other. And, right. You know, you know, computers such an... are so out there, that's why that's taken over, but right the practical well, way just also, gives it such a real feel man and i think sometimes someone's hands-on really brings that out mm -hmm. that makes sense well there's also such an artistry when it comes to di uh, to practical effects too though yeah it's like it brings out everybody's creativity because you got to work around you know, if there's wires or making yeah. sure it looks real. And so yeah, everybody's to got to work together. And lumps of clay and latex and other things and trying to make this shit look real. Yep. 
So. Whereas digital, it's I mean you can just shoot something without something being there, and then you can just put it yeah, in in post production. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it doesn't nearly have as enough artistry like it like the old way with practical effects does. Is basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah, so. I hundred percent agree. That's kind of what I was trying to say. <clears throat> yeah. So I'm I'm excited. I, I'm hoping more people go this route and more companies go this route. Start bringing back the practical effects. It just works so much better, especially with horror. When you see blood splatter that's digital, you can tell it's digital. It's not you know? a dated technique. It's just a different technique. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So my other little mini rant for the night. Moving on from there. <laughs> So we got some trailers coming up here or trailers for movies that are that we kind of checked out for this week. So starting off, uh, we got the movie Snatchers, uh, which is coming out on digital on January 7th, followed by Blu-ray and DVD on February 18th. This one actually looks pretty yeah, funny, pretty good. It looked, yeah, it looked pretty good. Like at first I thought it was just going to be comedy, but it, I feel like it's got a strong horror element to it as well. So. Oh yeah, that little fucking creature popping out. <laughs> it looks like it pops out a lot thing. too. It's like it's causing more trouble than a little real kid would. So. Well, it looked like a it fucking gremlin after it got wet. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm excited. It looks funny, man. Yeah. Looks like something that, fun to watch. I agree, 100%. It, 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 it caught me right away and it kept me interested throughout the whole trailer. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it looks good. Now, uh, coming out next year as well, in April on the 24th, uh, is a movie called Antebellum. Now, this is being produced by Jordan Peele, and uh, this one is interesting. Yeah, I, like, I don't know really kind of what to think about it yet. Yeah, the tra- or trailer or two or whatever it was, like, it was all over the place, so I have no freaking clue what it's about. But it was cool enough. Which I don't mind. To, yeah, but it was cool enough to make me want to know more and try right. to find out what it's about. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, at least it's not Black Christmas showing you the whole fucking movie in the yeah. minute and a half trailer it has. I almost took like the, maybe there was some kind of weird time travel shit going on or some shit. Like, was it a slave or someone put back into slavery yeah. or was she brought from slavery back to now? I don't know. Is got some connection to it? Like, I couldn't figure it out. That's what hooked me because yeah. they were showing that whole slave angle, and then yeah. you see the jet flying through the sky. I'm like, "What it's the like, fuck yeah. is going on here?" <laughs> yeah, so I'm interested. Should be good. Yeah, he's been doing some pretty decent stuff. I'm not. I don't like everything, but it's been you know some pretty good stuff coming out. So. Right, definitely. So, looking at this year, for the last two. Um, things for uh trailers so coming on december 6th uh we've got the confession killer uh which is a documentary about henry lee lucas and is being produced by netflix yeah that looks awesome man and it also presents like a wild angle about that he was just bullshitting everybody and never did any of it in the first place (laughs) yeah like these documentaries they can be hit or miss, but this one actually looks really, really interesting just based off of 
him confessing to all these fucking murders and you not really knowing if he actually did it or not. <laughs> and honestly, know? just seeing him in the trailer and the way he was acting, I was like, he reminds me of a lot of bullshit or something. <laughs> right. And of course, I'm sure that, you know, they strategically picked those moments <laughs> to right. sell the documentary. But it looks good, man. And, you know, I like their most of the docuseries they've been doing. Netflix is pretty good. Got some good yeah. stuff coming out, so... And Henry Lee Definitely. Lucas, man, like that's a wild story, anyway. So I don't yeah. know a lot about it, but I'm 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 tuning in for this one. So. <laughs> that's for sure. Now the final uh, trailer that we kind of looked at tonight was uh, for Servant. Now this is coming out actually this week, actually on the twenty eighth. Um, it's being produced by M Night Shyamalan. It's an Apple TV Plus original. This one looks weird, and it really looks interesting. Yeah, the baby, the way the baby looked freaked me out to begin with. <laughs> and then when you yeah, realize, I was like, what the fuck is going on yeah, here? Yeah, then when you realize it's just a fake doll, and this woman has somehow convinced herself it's her dead child, which is insanely unhealthy. So <laughs> that alone is enough to make a good movie, but then they throw in this nanny who... I don't know what the fuck she is. So. <laughs> Something. <laughs> Maybe she's their real child. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who knows with M. Night Shyamalan. Man, so. He's hit or miss with me, but this looks pretty good. Yeah, so. I agree. So good stuff coming up here for uh, movies and TV series and stuff to check out. So actually another little interesting tidbit for Servant before we move on here. Um, that actually just got renewed for the second season before it's even released. Oh, wow. Well, I guess so, the people at Apple TV like it. So. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So, good stuff coming up, and we'll have more for you, obviously, next week regarding TV shows, movies coming up. So, we will let you know. All right, so we were talking about the holiday season coming up here. Thanksgiving is this week. Black Friday right after Thanksgiving. We already talked about the 24 hour marathon on shout TV for Choppy mall. But tonight we are actually going to be reviewing two movies based inside of malls dealing with consumerism and all that. We're going to be talking about Dawn of the dead and Choppy mall from 1986. And actually we have <laughs> Ted joining us now just in time. That's for such movies. a coincidence. That's such a coincidence. <laughs> it's funny talking about malls because earlier today I reinstalled Dead Rising on my PS4. That's great. <laughs> <And> started, <laughs> a totally coincidence. Like, I didn't even know I was going to make it tonight. And now <laughs> I've got the trifecta there. Yeah. It's meant to be, Ted. <laughs> it's definitely meant to be. So. Let's take a look at 1978's Dawn of the Dead. In 1968, George Romero brought us Night of the Living Dead. It became the classic horror film of its time. Now, George Romero brings us the most intensely shocking motion picture experience for all times. Dawn of the Dead. Night of the Living Dead has ended. Dawn of the Dead is here. It gets up and kills. 
the people it kills get up and kill. They must be destroyed on sight. When there is no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Dawn of the dead. Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead was released on May 24th, 1979. Actually, not 1978, so that was my bad. This movie was made on a budget of $650,000. For how long, like, the extended cut is and everything, it's almost hard to believe that this movie was made for the yeah, shape. Yeah, for sure, man. And there's yeah, so many the different amount cuts. of effects and so many things. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've seen two of the cuts. Actually, well, three of the cuts. But... Yeah. Uh, it's a great movie. It's a good natural progression in the what I consider the original Dead trilogy. Yep. So. Things are getting worse. Yeah. Right. Started off bad at night, and things are just getting worse in dawn. <laughs> and then by, by the like time we the get today, everything is just yeah. done. <laughs> Which is my favorite. Day is my favorite. Yep, yeah, I love Day of the Dead. Second, man, like the first when I I saw Dawn before Day, and Dawn instantly became my favorite. Right. I saw Day. <laughs> Nope. I actually got to see these these movies. I got to see in order, and Day automatically became my favorite after watching it because I was like, "This is freaking awesome!" I saw it. I was like, "Man, this is great! Oh, this is fucking great!" Oh, this is. It just kept getting better. (laughs) So, yeah, Dawn of the Dead is great. Some just some quick facts regarding the movie here. So the cast includes uh, David Emge. Uh, Ken Forey, Galen Ross, Scott R. Reininger, and Tom Savini. Obviously directed by the man himself, George A. Romero. Just a couple little tidbits that I was kind of looking up, you know, as getting ready for this review. So filming took place at the Monroeville Mall during the winter of 1977 and 78. So they kind of would do it, you know, at night, obviously, when nobody was there for recording Another little tidbit is uh, Galen Ross actually refused to scream during the film because she felt that that would just diminish like the strength of her character. And she told that to George Romero once when he wanted her to scream and he never asked her to scream again. Nah, so I thought I that was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a change of pace from Barbara and, and Knight. Oh, God, I mean, yes. Like she, four was, opposites. she was catatonic catatonic the whole movie and then you know just useless (laughs) barbara was useless in the original night i agree (laughs) yeah she was taking up space (laughs) (laughs) and then the the... johnny will pick me up (laughs) johnny i gotta find johnny (laughs) that whole little treble in her or tremble in her voice every time she talked when she was just distraught but anyways, the last piece of uh, trivia that um, I grabbed for this movie was uh, regarding the extras, actually, because the dead movies were very famous for because extras would come out in droves to be a part of the movie. Yes. And so yeah. the extras that appeared in this movie were reportedly given a dollar in cash, a donut and a Dawn of the Dead T-shirt. <laughs> and you know what? They still loved every minute of it. Exactly. I was heartbroken when I heard they were doing Land of the Dead and decided to film it in Canada, man, because I was already packed and ready to go to Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Sean got his heart broken. I was like, finally my chance. <laughs> oh, well. I still love you, George. 
<laughs> so besides that, Ted, did you have any other tidbits? Because I know usually you like to pull tidbits out when we're talking about movies. Do you have anything extra to kind of add to that for stuff people might not know? I, I just love the fact that uh, he got this finance because of uh, Dario Argento. Yep. You yeah. know, Dario Gento is like, hey, you know, uh, uh, let's make, you know, make another one. You know, you'll have full creative control for the U.S. part and I'll take over the European part and do what I want with that. You know, and right. so they were like, OK. Yeah, and even in his house and ride it and everything. Dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's pretty cool. And it's cool how the gen, the, the genesis of the movie actually happened when uh, I believe Romero was inside a mall and he was like man i bet people can just like live here for like weeks and weeks because yeah, this thing right. this place is huge and, and he's like hey wait a minute now <laughs> yeah, i actually heard just kinda... to, like arranged with monroeville mall and then that's how he was able to get uh, the, some of the owners of the mall to help finance as well yeah no oh, yeah and yeah. i need to say that Rubenstein needs to get off of it and just let somebody license yes. it so the movie can get yes. re-released on home video again Stop being a dickhead. Give us Dawn of the Dead on Blu-ray in the U.S. I know we've got the one that's coming that's, you know, international next year for a 4K Blu-ray, but Jesus Christ. It's been like 10 years since the Anchor Bay Blu-ray came out here, though. Yeah, it's been ridiculous. Yeah, people try to sell it for like 200 bucks. It's just like, oh my goodness. It's like new fans and people who don't own it or are up and coming trying to learn, like... They can't even like Mark. access them. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. That's what I thought Mark about. Like, they had to go on YouTube. And that's not always reliable. So. No. Nah. Depending what week it is, they might take it down. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's some. That's a good tip. Those, those are some good tidbits. Um, yeah, I, I totally forgot about the whole financing thing because that's, that's actually a good little story to kind of go along with that. So, for those that haven't seen Dawn of the Dead the kind of basic plot yeah first off shame on you <laughs> but the plot of the movie is it's following the ever-growing epidemic of zombies that have risen from the dead so you have two philadelphia swat team members a traffic reporter and his television executive girlfriend you know flying out and they seek refuge in a secluded shopping mall and obviously shit's gonna hit the fan because it wouldn't be a horror movie and it wouldn't be a romero dead movie without things finally coming to a head and hitting the fan so from there yeah let's go it's ahead. a great story man that's for sure yeah definitely yeah this movie is actually the movie that got me into wanting to make movies me and my buddies in high school actually watched this religiously. We watched this so much, like all the time. And we actually had written out our own dead movie if we were to do it. And we were actually planning on actually making this at oh, one point. Because awesome. basically we had our hometown, which is a suburb of Minneapolis. And the whole story was about these group of high school kids uh, trying to get across town during a zombie ep- epidemic to get to the... Um, I don't remember if it was the high school or what, but there's like a, you know, getting from point A to point B basically. And then running into all these obstacles. And like, we actually had an idea for a scene at our old elementary school before it got torn down where you had these zombie kids playing on the playground or, you know, playing as best as a zombie can be. Cause we're talking Romero zombies here, just stumbling around everywhere. So yeah, we had this whole thing planned out for the longest time, and obviously we never did it, but 
that's what really kind of got me started into wanting to make movies was, was this movie in particular. And this is why this one for me is my one go-to zombie movie, you know, that I've never gotten tired of this movie at any point. I, for the longest time, just loved the whole idea of them living in the mall. That's really what I was like, God, I'll kill everybody to take over the damn mall. It's mine. Little did I realize is that was the whole statement that was being made before me. Great. Because <laughs> I was a little consumering bastard myself. Yeah. <laughs> so this was ours. Regarding regarding this movie, because obviously there are the three different cuts. Is there one of the cuts that you guys prefer over the, the others, and 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 why? Theatrical, because I think the pacing is the best in it. Okay. Um. And that's that's Romero's. Uh, that was his preferred cut because the extended cut, he wasn't done editing yet, and that was for uh, I believe some sort of film festival. Yeah, it was Cannes yeah. when he just. Threw it, it was Cannes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and the extended cut's cool because you got Joe Polito in there for a small role, so you can kind of yep. pretend that that's Rhodes <laughs> at some yeah. point, I guess. You know, <laughs> but uh, I just preferred the. The theatrical what was released over I love the here theatrical. because I the pacing's better. To just like the extended cut now. Yeah. Once in a while, I'll throw what I'd call zombie in, which is Argento's cut, just for fun. Because there's actually mm-hmm. like a little bit of extra violence, I think, in it. And I don't know. It's not definitely not my favorite cut of the film, though. Right. That one's trimmed down more, and I think that's yeah, more like action packed. Fa- yeah, it's faster pace, focuses more on the girl, uh, the girl, the gore, and not, you know, the story so much. Yeah. It like skips a lot of the whole focusing on them being obsessed with the mall and wanting to keep it and loving it. So it's more right. just here's some balls out zombie. Kind of like a, you know, a lot of Italian horror can be. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. get the story and get to the fun. <laughs> right. Yeah, definitely for me, the theatrical is my preferred for one simple reason, because I absolutely love the extended edition because I, I like, you know, the added footage and, and stuff like that. I, I like that they made it longer. I don't know why. I, I do like that they yeah. made it longer. But the thing that keeps it from being my favorite cut is the music, because I absolutely love Goblin's music in the yeah. theatrical cut. Like, yeah, you do get a little bit of it in the extended cut, but, um, yeah, you know, it's be- kind of missing from there. Though. Yeah. Because the, the beginning, you get the whole um, royalty free music or whatever the fuck it was, you know, that they kind of like what they did with Night of the Living Dead. So it's kind of more of that ominous, like stock music that they used versus, you know, the theatrical, you had that thumping goblin theme you know in the begin in the beginning which i thought just fits so well you know it was i I thought goblin's music for this whole movie was yeah. great and it should have been used all the way through know, that it's dawn of the dead. <laughs> exactly <laughs> dum, 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 dum. <laughs> mm-hmm. so that's that's the only thing that keeps that oh yeah the gonk <laughs> you gotta have that too <laughs> a little bit of herbert chapel there <laughs> I love that song. That was that was the other thing when we were talking about back in high school making this movie. We were gonna make a rock version of the Gonk, you know, for the oh, nice. <laughs> cool. And yeah, there's just a lot of things I wish we would have ended up doing like that, but it is what it is. But yeah, good memories. 
But yeah, Dawn of the Dead. Um, I loved everything in this whole movie. I mean, everything just went so well. I mean, I, I loved how the zombies were too in this, like with their look and whatnot. It almost looked cartoonish, and it felt yeah, fit well always, with this movie. Yeah, I've always kind of been. It's like a comic to book movie. Zombie though, exactly. Like, I really like it. Even the blood is so bright red and almost like paint looking. Yep. I mean, it looks like a comic book. I agree. And that's what I love about this one. Because I, I, I love Day because of how realistic everything is. But I like the comic and yeah, book. Yeah, that's sensors. dirty. That is dirty and grimy Day of the Dead. Yeah. Uh, I always loved how Romero said, you know, you have your pure, he called them purists who love night, you know, and that was it for them. He said, you have people who love Dawn for, uh, it's like a comic book adventure type movie. And then he, he smiled and he said, then you've got your trolls who love the down and gritty, dirty day of the dead. And I was like, I'm one of those trolls. Yeah. I was like, that's what I'm one of those trolls. That's my favorite. in love with George even more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's his favorite movie of the yeah. franchise too, or was, I don't know if, I can't remember if survival like replaced that because I know he loves survival. Maybe that was his second favorite, and Day was still his first. But maybe, yeah. I pretend survival doesn't exist. I don't know. I I didn't mind survival. <laughs> yeah, I don't hate those as much as everybody. Yeah, that, uh, know, sur- it's not as good as the original trilogy. But. No, sur- survival for me, it, it's it feels like a two act movie, not a three act movie. I don't know how to explain it. It's just I know what you mean. That's a I don't. I own it, so I mean, I'm not like you know. Of course, I was joking when I said it doesn't exist, but that's just me. I mean, I say that about Halloween Resurrection, but I still freaking own it and watch it. But um, you know, the whole thing like zombies riding horses. I know, like Land yeah. of the Dead, they're learning, they're relearning things and all that stuff. I don't know. That just seemed too over the top for me i guess and i love the whole thing with the the two families like it's the hatfield and mccoy's just setting yep. a zombie apocalypse which i thought was a really cool idea i just didn't think it was fully ex- executed as well as it could have been i agree i i thought it was a fun movie you know with i enjoyed it more i was of all the land like as much as everyone that one was so big it didn't it felt so out of place in all of them yeah me. And you had like Dennis Hopper, man, and John Leguizamo, yeah, yeah. big Just, name it was actors in like that. Too big. It was like, this doesn't feel like a George Romero zombie movie. I really liked Diary when it first came out, and then over the years, it's really just fallen for me because yeah, I'm just like, yeah, it's just beat you, too, it like beat you over the head with the message about the media and all this stuff. Yeah. We know the media is a piece of crap, but <laughs> it's just, it's just like, ooh, look at the media is hiding this information and blah blah. I'm just like, eh. I loved it when I first saw it, and then I'm just like, eh. I like the characters in that movie though. I mean, I thought the characters were great, yeah, especially that. English professor thought he was awesome. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. But back to Don here after a little segue there into other Romero's dead movies. <laughs> we just love these damn dead movies. Too I know. It's hard <laughs> so to talk about one and not talk about the other. It, it really is. It really is. So another cool thing with this movie is, you know, Tom Savini did like basically all of his own stunts. Yeah. Like when he took that Blade. dive over the fucking balcony you know, under all those boxes and stuff. Yeah. And, he's I mean, a stunt man. I mean, yeah, it was, so he was pulling double duty. Yeah. He was doing his own stunts yeah. and, you know, 
having a character in the He'd movie. He'd already, like, done some work, but I guess because, you know, going to Vietnam or whatever, like, his level of... He's a combat photographer. Yeah. Like yeah. His level Which is of, where his, like, his special effects were, come, were from that. He was able to... Yeah. You know, another level, man. So. Oh, definitely. That's why his effects were so, you know, effective because of what he saw over in Vietnam. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, he did... I mean, you know, like, he was the one who... Um, shot the shotgun and maniac and basically blew his own head up <laughs> so he's like he's like we have one chance we have we only have one tra- chance to do this i'm doing it so we can do it right and he took the shotgun and they just filmed it and he blew up his own head <laughs> that's great i'm trying to think of other things that were interesting with that movie because there's a lot because obviously you have like when they're you know securing them all kind of going through killing the different zombies and you know the whole semi scene where they're running the semis in, in front of the entranceways and all that. Got this, man. Got this by the balls. <laughs> God, he was <laughs> fucking losing it. <laughs> I love I that. I smacked him. I don't know if it worked, but I, I would have to hit him or something. Before I think that's my favorite line in the whole movie. <laughs> right? Got this by the balls, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his whole character transformation was great. Yeah. You think he's like a steady, normal <laughs> level head? He starts guy. losing it. <laughs> yeah, evolves into eventually a dead zombie guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then obviously you do Got have it. the uh, the apartment scene too with him and Peter going against that whole gang and stuff, and then they're you know it's a kind of a ghetto area. So then you have the people that are trying to protect their family members who've been bitten and then everybody's just being turned into zombies. Yeah, that's a and... wild opening anyways, man. I've always thought. Yeah. It's <laughs> like... SWAT guy going berserk. What's wrong? And that's probably would be the crazy ass response is this military action that's probably delayed too long and then just killing innocent people when they didn't even need to. Right. It would be yeah. a clusterfuck. <laughs> the whole thing would be. So. And yeah. that's what it shows. So. <laughs> Tibbet, the, the guy who played Martin, the guy who played Martin in George Romero's Martin, he's in Dawn of the Dead. He's one of the apartment tenants who gets shot on the roof at the beginning when they're about to storm the place. Oh, he has like okay. a wig. Yeah, that's I think... Funny. I think he's a guy in the red shirt and he has like a wig on with long, it's a long hair wig. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. yeah. And they go with a bunch of handguns to fight the police. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. And they have assault rifles and shotguns. <laughs> God. <laughs> Most mismatched thing ever. Because the guy's just, just, just spouting out all these racial epitaphs. He's just yeah. like, "Come on, you little Puerto Rican!" Blah 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 blah. It's just Such like, a laughing because so, the guy's just losing it himself. He's just like, "Come on, he's just like cocking and shocking." Come on, show your little Puerto Rican. Blah, 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 blah. It just keeps going on and on and on. God. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great movie. I mean, even even now. After all these years, you know, we're talking 40 years now. I think it still holds up pretty well for how it is. It does. If you not know. even more so. People are so, <laughs> as far as like the consumer based idea, people are so entrenched in what yeah. they buy as their yep. identity. <laughs> I can see like people cr- crumbling even faster oh, yeah. than they would have then. Definitely. So, 
Like then it was an ingenious idea. Let's get in the mall and do that. Now the whole frig everybody's going there to try to take that shit. Like that's the last yep. place you want to go because all the idiots are going to be there trying to take it. Exactly. Yeah, because shop, shopping malls was basically a new idea at the time too. It wasn't like some old institution. It was just becoming a thing. I think we need to institute some robots for Black Friday. <laughs> and we'll get that into that here in a minute. Yes. <laughs> just so. Yeah, I mean, overall, for Dawn, I mean, like I said, this is probably my favorite zombie movie of all time. And it's got a lot of sentimental value with regards to it getting me into wanting to make movies and, you know, having that experience with my buddies back in high school where we watched it so much and planned out this movie and everything, even though it never happened. But it really stuck with me, you know, with this movie and whatnot. And between... Like, the thing I love about this movie is it could be scary, it could be funny, and kind of everything in between. It kind of, like, had a little bit of everything, and it had something for everyone, you know, with regards to that. And that's what I absolutely loved about this movie. So, with all that being said, you know, if you were to give this one a rating, um, what would you rate this movie? Because I would give it 5 out of 5, personally. I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 5, just because Day deserves the 5 for me. (laughs) Understandable. I'm I'm, I'm the same with Sean, because I was like, Day's my favorite, so this one's right next to it, so it's 4.5 for me. So it averages out to be about a 4.5 out of 5. It's definitely one that you should check out if you haven't checked it out before, especially, you know, getting ready for Black Friday. Oh, yeah, definitely. But just, just pay two hundred dollars for the Blu-ray, everyone, <laughs> or just watch it on YouTube for free. Say so it's on YouTube right now. So. Until Rubenstein gets off his fucking ass and stops being a dickhead, but that's a whole other story. That's a whole other rant. I've had enough rants for one night. <laughs> it's been a ranting, Kennedy. Kind of a little bit. Damn these people. So all this to say, if you haven't seen Dawn of the Dead, you should really check it out. It's a great, great zombie movie. I think it's one that everybody should see if you've ever been a fan of anything zombie wise, because it's one of George Romero's greatest flicks that he's made. So kind of what helps all this crap be out in the first place, man. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, not all of it's crap, but most of it. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of it is. It really is. So check it out if you haven't checked it out. Now, moving along, let's go ahead and take a look at Chopping Mall. They broke into the mall for the wildest all-night party of their lives. It's dead meat. But you're never alone in the Chopping Mall. What's that? Shopping mall. Where shopping costs you an arm and a leg. So, Chopping Mall was released on March 21st, 1986. Had a runtime of 77 minutes. Actually, originally it was 95 minutes, but ended up being cut 
had a budget of estimated to being about $800,000. So it actually had a bigger budget than Dawn of the Dead, you know, that came out a few years earlier, which is kind of wild thinking about it. <laughs> yes, you know, if you were to guess, you'd probably think Dawn had a bigger budget. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. You would Roger think. Corman produced this movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Well, actually, his wife, Jolie, was the yeah, actual was producer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he still had his hand kind of in it because yeah. he showed up. You know, yeah, I mean, it was there. his company. I mean, it's his company overall, yeah. but she was the main producer. She's right. the one who Let's went. Say, and he actually, Jim light. said he sat with him and kind of said, this is how you make a movie, which threw away everything Jim learned in film school yeah. and taught him a whole different way. And he said he still has that yellow piece of that yellow pad that Roger Corman wrote that on. So my, that's he's used it for every movie and has never broken that. And yeah, basically that's the way to make a movie. And I wish I had a copy of this piece of paper. No kidding. <laughs> no kidding. Chopping Mall stars Kelly Maroney, Tony O'Dell, Russell Todd, Carrie Emerson, Barbara Crampton, the wonderful Barbara Crampton, and the late great Dick Miller. A couple little tidbits of information regarding Chopping Mall. Director Jim Wynorski actually provided the voices of the three protector robots in the movie. I thought that was interesting. Have a nice day. Because I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) Have a nice day. (laughs) Um, So this was filmed in Sherman Oaks Galleria. It's the same mall that was used in Commando. uh, Most notably near the elevators. So, and because their budget was so small... Well, small in comparison, because of those budget constraints, they actually had to film after the close of business, which is, you'd imagine is fairly normal, especially when the whole fucking thing takes place after the thing closes. Mm. So the movie was originally theatrically released in March of 1986 under the original title Killbots, but did poorly. And that's when it got taken out, recut, and then finally released as what we know it as Choppy Mall. Yep. Um, right. <laughs> exactly. I, I would be. I'm interested uh, to see the Killbots full version just to yeah, see it because like see too. how it was. Yeah. I just hate the name. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. They're practically built too. Obviously, being in the 80s and stuff, they used a bunch of different parts from like wheelchairs and like conveyor belts and all that shit. There's all made and they had five of them total that they had put together because they had some backups just in case which was smart <laughs> but to kind of give you a little bit of a synopsis of what the movie was about for those of you that haven't seen Chopping Mall because I know Chopping Mall isn't like the most popular movie obviously as a Roger Corman movie so it wasn't like a big budget like nationally like recognized movie so it's the plot is a group of young Chopping Mall employees stay behind for a late night party in one of the stores after the mall closes. There's a lightning storm causes these robots to go insane basically. So it's like the polar opposite of short circuit. And so when the mall goes on <laughs> lockdown funny. before they Sorry, can get out. Looked at it too. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's all right. So mall goes on lockdown, robot security malfunctions and goes on a killing spree basically. And so that's kind of the plot of the, of the movie. I absolutely love this movie. You know, for being 77 minutes only, it doesn't seem like it's that short. No, it, I always thought that, like, every time I see the runtime, I'm like, damn. Like, that movie, is, not that it drags along, but it, it definitely doesn't feel like it's, you know, 
an hour. <laughs> Only a little. The pace, the pacing is perfect yeah. for what it is. I agree. It doesn't feel too fast. Doesn't feel too long. No, definitely not. Yeah, it's a horror film, but also feels like an action film too. Because I mean, you got these kids fighting against these robots. Yep. I mean, <laughs> you have the great John Terleski, who is Death Stalker. Death Stalker Two. He gets <laughs> one of the first deaths. Yep. He had a little cameo from Rodney Eastman before he became famous from Nightmare on Elm Street Three and Four. You know, stealing some vinyls <laughs> in the beginning. Yeah. that was great it really gives that 80s mall feel too oh definitely like, you know hey and don't forget in the beginning when they were showing off the robot you had uh paul bartell and uh yep oh gosh i can't even think of her name now her name just left my brain what's uh, her face what the fuck was her name yeah she's not a comet she I mean, she's in hollywood boulevard yeah I Ro- uh rock and roll high school both rock and roll high school movies. Anyway, they, you know, they, they have, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's sad because Mary Warnoff, that's, that's it. who it is. Finally that's came it. to me, Mary Warnoff. They, they're in the beginning and they're hilarious. They're basically playing the same characters from, uh, that one movie called, uh, eating Raul. Yep. I yes. believe is the name. That's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they basically were, it was just the same. <laughs> oh, just <laughs> being got... smug. <laughs> Then you got uh, Angus Scrim as Dr. Carrington, too. So the tall men from yeah. the Phantasm franchise is in the beginning yeah. as well. Definitely. Yeah. Lenny Giuliano. Yep. He uh, he was in uh, Jim Wynorski. He's been in a lot of Jim movies, but like None of This Earth, he was the limo driver. Yeah. He, yep. plays, he plays the thief in the demonstration for the robots at the beginning. <laughs> so, I mean, just a lot of stuff, a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, they had so much stuff in this movie, and it made it, it, it worked so well. You know, the whole pacing, like we were talking about, just, it didn't seem too long, but it didn't seem too short either, you know? Nah. it. I think overall, I mean, this this movie was just great, and then, you know, the setting was great. Even the effects, even though the, the lasers were cheesy as fuck, I mean, you still had the practical, <laughs> like, gore effects, which were great. It's just a fun movie. It really yeah, is. It's fun. I mean, being Jim, Jim Wynorski, I mean, it was his second movie that he directed. Yep. I mean, his first his first movie, The Lost Empire, which also starred Angus Scrim, who was the villain in that movie, wasn't isn't really a good movie. Yeah, it's kind of I wanted to. Place. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, Jim Wynorski talked about that, and, and I've I've listened to a lot of his commentaries because I'm a Jim guy. <laughs> he didn't think he was and, a good uh, Right. Yeah, so he just threw in everything in that movie. <clears throat> and then Choppy Mall came, and it's such a solid, fun B flick. I mean, it's great. Yeah. And then he went on to do Deathstalker 2, which is, in my opinion, the best movie of the Deathstalker franchise because <laughs> it, it, sure. it doesn't take itself seriously. And yeah. He did Big he did big Bad Mama 2 with um, Angie Dickinson reprising the role, which, in my opinion – it's so much better than the first movie. I mean, the first movie's not bad, but the second movie has that gym touch where it's just fun. <laughs> and then tra- he did, you know, uh, Not This Earth, Transylvania Twist, which is hilarious. Yeah, he's one of my Transylvania Twist. man. I love doing Yeah, he's great. <laughs> he's done so much stuff. I mean, another fact about Chaffin Mall, it's the only one of his films that his mom saw. <laughs> and she yeah, approved yeah. outside of the girl showing her breasts. 
I don't know why that woman had to show her breasts, though. <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> wasn't, I'm trying to remember if this was this movie, Dana Kimmel, wasn't she supposed to be in this movie, but ended up not being in it because of the, the nudity and the sexuality in it? I could have sworn I saw that somewhere. Yeah. Huh. I'm reading it. That I did not know. It says, when Kelly Maroney was cast, it's because he had seen her in a few things, and she replaced Dana Kimmel, who had been on the cast on the strength of her performance in Lone Wolf, Lone Wolf McQuaid, but she didn't want to do anything sexual. So, okay. I knew I wasn't crazy. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely by far with this movie, Dick Miller is my favorite character in this whole fucking thing. <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm trying to mop like... up the damn floor, man. He's <laughs> trying to do his job. Walter Paisley, the immortal Walter Paisley. Yep. <laughs> How many times he's played that character? Yeah, his character, great, just so good. Classic Dick Miller too. I mean, anytime you see Dick Miller, it's a treat, and this one is definitely no exception. <laughs> his character is just awesome. Best part of the movie for me, but by far. I mean, even Come on, we're on the same team. We're on the same team here. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my badge. <laughs> Show identification, please. <laughs> Poor guy gets electrocuted just for trying to do his job. I think he needed to get some new mop water, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that mop water like was dirty as crap. <laughs> yeah, in the bucket, not on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Like, kind of need to refill that, buddy. <laughs> oh, the, those other guys just leaving him to do his fucking work. They're just leaving, yeah. eating food, laughing, having a good old time. Dick Miller's just oh, pissed, Dick, just trying to get his job. Dick Miller. <laughs> Dick Miller had his revenge in Demon Knight. So. Yep. <laughs> so when That's is Walmart sure. and Best Buy going to release their droids? To right. This <laughs> Black Friday madness. Yeah. <laughs> That's cheaper to lose a couple of workers, you know. So right, I want them all for it. <laughs> uh, some of these people, I mean, how people are nowadays. I mean, it's kind of calmed down nuts. in the last few years because everybody's doing a lot more online shopping. But at the same time, Thank goodness, you still get yeah. some crazies that go out, you know, on Thanksgiving yeah, I, night. It's not even when Black I worked Friday in anymore. retail many years ago. I I was at Walmart and got to participate in two different ones and. It is some of the most crazy shit I've witnessed as far as shopping goes. Like the oh, shit you definitely. see in movies as far as people throwing shit and stepping on people and hurting people. Like that shit is accurate. It's not an exaggeration or a joke. Yeah. It's the yeah. fucking truth. People are nuts. Yeah. Like I've only gone to Walmart one time for a Black Friday and it was the last time I went and this was like 10 years yeah. ago. Just seeing people this is when fight over we, a DVD like, player. We were closed on Thanksgiving and opened that morning of Black Friday. And I, I was towards the back of the store, man. And as soon as like the saw the time hit on the watch, like you knew the doors. Were, you could hear a rumble of people in carts coming into the fucking <laughs> store. Like, like a movie. Oh, like, man. I was like, oh, my God. And then some guy came around and saw one of my friends. He was like, where's the paper shredders? He's like, I think they're in. He's like, I just want a fucking paper shredder. At that moment, I knew it wasn't going to be a fun morning. <laughs> Sad. Yes, and they were, I mean, they were throwing VCRs over people. Like, literally, so there was a guy on the stack, I'm just throwing him over, back over his head. 
which kind of was weird to me. I was like, he must have people back there because he ain't getting none of them. But it was just insanity, man. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. Because shameful, like it is. It know, really and, is. And people were like so happy and smiling and proud. And I was like, it's like maybe I'm just mean or something. But all of you discuss. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Merry Christmas <laughs> and a crappy New Year. Glad you oh, all Sean, we lost got your fucking humanity fighting over a fucking TV. <laughs> Sean and I got to watch Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys this year. Yes, that's our Christmas movie. That's our Christmas yeah. movie. <laughs> Is that in that box set? Nah, it's not. God full, damn. That's that's the only one Full Moon didn't produce. Yeah. Well, that and the remake, but but Charles Band allowed the remake to happen. He gave the producers permission. So I know he got some money. The only way to get, I think, that is bootleg right now. Like, now you can get it on DVD. It it's like seven. Though? I don't think oh, so. Really? It's like seven, eight bucks. Yeah, it's not. I bother. I've been watching a bootleg. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got the official Anchor Bay yeah, DVD I mean, that I bought a few okay. years ago. Yeah, I got an old that. bootleg Puppet Master set that it, it was on. That's the only reason I still have that disc is because that's on there. <laughs> R.I.P. I offer. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. I think I think their site's down again. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's done, man. The first yeah. time they actually did it, they got a lawsuit on them for all that. Oh wow. Yeah, so they because they came back and like just some of the TV shows that I was like had my watch list for years like was gone and I was like this these shows are never gonna get released on DVD unless Mill Creek or somebody does it. (laughs) I'm just like like Yes, Dear and uh, Still Standing, but then it all just disappeared because that's honestly that's the main (laughs) stuff I got was just shit you can't get. Yeah. And that's really what was going on there. Like, I didn't pay no high dollar for any of that stuff, you know? I mean, no. So, right. You know, and a lot, like I said, like I got the Mr. Bell video because I had the first two seasons, I think they released, and they never released anymore. So I got the whole set. They never the released, the, like, the last like, two. Yeah, the guy charged me, like, ten bucks. You know what I mean? For, yeah. With the shipping and the disc and all that. I don't think he was ripping me off or making any money. He might have made a buck or two, but right, he's yeah, like probably a, making like a dollar profit. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was just you know. Now, granted, there were people on there taking advantage, but there was a lot of people just passing movies around. It's right. a shame it had to yeah. go. Yeah, from Definitely. fan to fan is basically what it was. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. So it's so funny because this weekend I went back to I offer just just for the heck of it. So I was like, I want to check it out again. I haven't been there in a while, and it's like down again. So I think it's like Sean said, it's a done. Yeah, <laughs> probably more than likely. Kind of coming back to Choppy Mall here. Any other thoughts you guys have about the movie? It has the best head explosion scene in any movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I won't say in any, but it is one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, yeah. you know, she awesome. had a great chest, but she deserved it. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> Definitely. Her chest got shot, too. <laughs> she got tore up. She did. times that night. So. Yep. <laughs> In more ways than one. <laughs> one way was fun for her, I mean. But <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, if, if you guys haven't checked this out yet, like we were saying earlier... Shout TV is doing a 24-hour marathon on Black Friday of this movie. 
So it's a perfect time to check it out. Um, you'll have plenty of time to do it during that day. Definitely worth doing. Definitely worth checking out. As for rating on this, um, for this movie, I love this movie. It is a B movie, so it's not like the most immaculate horror movie that you're ever going to see. But it's it's a fun romp, you know, with this movie. It's it's great to pop in every once in a while and just have a good time. For this one, I'd probably give it a, a 3.5 out of 5 for a rating on this one. I'll concur. <laughs> I'm going to give it freaking five stars because I enjoy it so much. Okay. It's such a fun movie. It's such a fun movie. I, I love it. Now, does that mean I like it more than Dawn of the Dead? No. I'm rating these as on two different scales, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. Definitely. So, yeah, because they're not the same type of movie right. and they were never meant to be. So, no, definitely not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I give yeah, it five stars for just pure entertainment. That's pick 3.5. So, we're about four and a quarter out of five <laughs> pretty much which, which isn't bad it, it's a good movie definitely check it out if you haven't you know for both of these for both Donna the Dead and Chopping Mall if you haven't checked and it if out if you like Chopping Mall look up Jim Wynorski you won't be you won't yes. be disappointed so. exactly nah. especially all his 80s stuff except for a Lost Empire or, yeah. or really yeah, solid you will, if you look him up you will notice he kind of gets into some questionable movies but Everyone's got to make yeah. a living. So. No, definitely. <laughs> I will. I will recommend. It's basically in the only like real straight horror film that he ever made. I mean, full on horror, which was the uh, Haunting of Morella, which he made in 1990. That's a really good, solid movie. Okay. With great atmosphere, based on you know Edgar Allan Poe and uh, Corman produced it also and. It's it's a good movie. It's one of my favorites of his too. Awesome. Not of this Great Earth, score. It's one of my favorites of his. Oh, I love Not of This Earth. <laughs> it's my favorite of all the uh, ones they've done. That's my favorite version. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the three versions they've done. <laughs> yeah, it's the best one in my opinion too. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed. You know this kind of a review episode. If you guys are liking these reviews and you guys want us to do more, you know, definitely let us know. And if there's any other movies that you want us to review, feel free to let us know. As always, you can reach out to us through our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at CLS Podcast. Until next time, though, we appreciate you guys checking out the episode, as always. And as Ted always says. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode, because next week we're going to talk about the Land Before Time movies, all 37 of them. So get ready for... Oh, that's not what you were talking about. <laughs> oh, sorry. That was a surprise, dude. <laughs> Way to ruin it. <laughs> Slay you next week. Thanks for joining us today for the CLS Podcast. Check us out at www.clspodcast.com or join in the conversation on social media with the hashtag CLS Podcast. Until next time, stay safe, campers. Campers.